It's the Face of Community and Business podcast, introducing you to the stories behind the faces, focused on fixing today's problems with thoughtful leadership and purposeful living. Sit down with us as we get to know the individuals who make our community second to none. How are you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Face of Community and Business podcast. Today I'm joined by my friend and newest podcast host, Ramiro Munoz. Ramiro, thank you for being here, brother. Tony, thank you for having me on again. Yeah, absolutely. Always uh, a pleasure. Likewise, likewise. Um, so this is where we started, man. We, we've become you know really good friends uh, ever since you were a guest on the Real Estate Moguls podcast, and now you know you're stepping into this new podcast hosting world. But uh, yeah, let's just start, talk. You know, for those who didn't uh, catch the last episode, start by from talking about where you're from and you know your upbringing. Your descendancy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, that's uh, an entire episode. But uh, in a nutshell, I was born in Mexico, raised in northern Indiana. I went to college in Miami, Florida, and then uh, Rome, Italy. And I've been here in Chicago for 14 years. And uh, you have had quite the cultured life and experience. But um, let's start with what you know, what you do professionally. So, uh, a real estate developer by by trade, but went to school to be an architect and started in that route, right? That's right. Yes. I, you know, I pursued my passion. I pursued my dream and that was to design buildings, design communities. And, uh, I loved art and architecture and engineering and, um, very quickly, uh, went from, I got accepted into the university, to the uh, school of engineering at the university of Miami. And then over the summer, I decided to switch to architecture, um, because it was more difficult to do architecture and yeah. it would be an easier transition to engineering. Um, and it was a good thing that I did do that because I think I uh, uh, had a lot of incredible professors that really taught me a lot of beautiful things. But um, when I got into the real world, I really um, realized what the passion looked like and it wasn't what I dreamed of in my head. I dreamed of designing beautiful buildings and, and, and creating beautiful spaces, especially after visiting Rome uh, and living in Mexico for some time um, and also experiencing where maybe you don't have the best buildings like Indiana, you know, you <laughs> desire, you know, you come to a city like Chicago and, and you're in a playground architecturally. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, from there, I you know springboarded into uh, property management and then real estate development. Now, as we talked about before, that, that that's a big part of your identity. Just because growing up, your family's always been uh, involved in some some way with real estate as as a part of um, you know a little financial security, if you will. But um, let's talk. I want to talk about just your 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 family and, and the dynamic because one of the things about you is you got this go. You have this just hustle, right? Where it's it's work hard, but uh, it's also play hard too. It's a lot of energy. Where does that come from? Where did uh, where did that what was that instilled in you? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, I can guess that. Well, the hard work definitely from my parents. My parents, I think you could define them uh, if you could in three way in three words: uh, work, faith, and sacrifice. And that basically everybody I think knows them for 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 that. Uh, for those words, for those definitions. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather, we call him Papa Juan. He's a patriarch of the, he's a patriarch of the family. And uh, my mom has 11 brothers and sisters. My dad, Jeez. 13 brothers and sisters. Everybody, you know, from Mexico. Now they're scattered all over the world. 
And, um, you know, my grandfather really had uh, an ejido, which is basically land, actually pequeña propiedad, but it's along the same lines. It's basically uh, forest land, and he used it as real estate. So that's kind of where the development came from. He, they lived off the land. And, you know, throughout my life, I've always called my on my grandfather to help me, um, whether it's through, you know, for things of business, whether it's because of family, uh, spirituality. And so he really, um, he instilled in us strong faith, uh, strong family ties. And we always, everybody always comes back home to his ranch. And um, which also seems to be a, a place of healing for you. Yes, where we are from in Michoacan, it's Sinapecuaro, Michoacan, and that place is magical. It's lush landscaping, natural hot water springs, there's curanderos there, uh, or talladores, they're like healers, they're Mexican healers. And sometimes you'll go there and you'll do for two weeks like a full body tox. I guess that's the best way uh, you can define it here. They don't call it that over there, but that's how I would define it. You go in and um, you, if you go there, you'll be doing, you know, hot water, natural hot water springs. You'll be taking some, you know, conco whatever concoction remedy that they made and you'll take it before you eat your meals. And it's basically just a detox. You'll, you'll go to various different massages, whether it's stomach, nerves, you know, somewhat of a mix of chiropractor. And these, this is, these are humble people that you go out to see in the middle of the mountains, you know, you don't, maybe they might have dirt floors and, you know, it might take you, you might be on a, uh, on a road off the beaten path for about an hour before you see somebody like that. But, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the environment and that, and it's known as, I, I know that priests throughout the, throughout the country, throughout Mexico will go there when they're terminally ill to see oh, wow. if they'll get better. And, um, and I learned that through, through my aunts who are nuns, I had I have two aunts who are nuns, and one stayed in Mexico, and the other one went to uh, the Vatican in Rome, and there, that's a whole <laughs> whole another tangent, whole another story. Well, but, and and for you, how how does the the um, the balance between both worlds, where you know on one end you you live in a city like Chicago, but you're also uh, very active as a member uh, of the uh, university club, right? And and there's just just this contrast to city life and you know the high society, if you will. And then you go to Mexico with, in, in these kind of remote places where um, there's none of that, right? How, what does that do for you, and how does that change your perspective or give you that sense of uh, a maybe balance between the two? No, that's a great question. I think that I've been very blessed in being able to adapt to multiple worlds and being able to see um, a lot of things, uh, you know, a, a lot of very uh, extreme points of view, per se. You know, I go to Indiana and it's a red state. I come to Chicago, it's a blue state. I hear two different arguments and I can have the same conversation. You know, I go to the university club, place where the movers and shakers of Chicago go. We could talk business, we can talk money, we can just, you know, kick back and enjoy a nice, stimulating intellectual conversation. Or I can go to Mexico and, you know, have a very deep religious, uh, you know, conver or spiritual conversation with the local priest or, um, you know, my uh, family who's maybe, uh, you know, out in the out in the mountains, you know, cutting, cutting down trees, lumberjacks per right, se. Right, right. And uh, I've, I guess, where did I get that? You know, what comes to mind is Bruce Lee. I was a huge fan of Bruce Lee um, all my life, and I remember just growing up and watching documentaries and a lot of movies that he he had. One saying really stuck to me, and I think my parents 
subconsciously instilled this in me. And uh, one of the things he would say is, he'd say, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless. Be like water. Because water, it can crash. Or it can flow, or it can crash. I ruined the quote. (laughs) But you get the point. So, so, you know, water fits everywhere. It adapts. You pour it in a glass, and it forms a glass. You pour it in a teacup, forms it, you know, goes in the teacup. And and it doesn't matter where it's at. It it it, uh, it adapts and acclimates to to the climate. And you know, and growing up, I growing up in northern Indiana, I remember not being able to identify um, with this group or that group. You know, I'd be in Indiana and everybody would speak English. And you know, I sometimes I I do have some bad memories. You know, where I would, I I didn't feel like I'd fit in because people would I'd get yelled at for speaking Spanish at school. Um, I'd be told, you know, to go back to Mexico. And then when, you know, when we would, would visit Mexico, my dialect was a little off. So, you know, I'd get made fun of and down in Mexico and, you know, I'd be, you know, I'd be kind of, uh, told, Hey, you're not from around here either. You know, Mm -hmm. you, you don't speak Spanish as well as we do, or you have a funky dialect and, and it just doesn't sound right. Um, and it wasn't until I went to the university of Miami that I was able to thrive really. And, I think it's because you just feel like you're in another country, and everybody feels like that over there. Well, and it's that kind of the story too of uh, of uh, the, the immigrant or the, you know the young immigrant or, or the um, you know the first generation um, that that maybe feels that way seems to be you, you get to connect with people more as you you know start getting into professional settings, but also with school, right? How then at that point did you I guess make a decision to was it to, to go down this route? Was it just um, I know you have mentors and people that have kind of guided you along the way, but that, that life, how did, how did this all of a sudden play out for you? Ooh, mm. I think that you get to a point where something needs to change. If you're not happy, if you're not satisfied, you know, you need to grow or you get to a point where you just deal with it and you settle. And I've just never been one to settle. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's it, it, uh, with architecture, I, you know, I, I realized that the act, the profession that I pursued for passion was not what I expected when I arrived and I had to change that. And then getting into uh, property management after architecture, even having an architecture job, I realized, man, my paycheck is not going to be enough to sustain or live the lifestyle that I want to live. And then the, 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 that's when one big, you know, it, that was one big change. How do I do that? And then you start, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad was fundamental for me in that sense because, um, you know, he defined this new, he, he defined a way, he, he created a path for me to get out of where I was. And you have terms like the rat race, getting out of the rat race. You know, you're in a constant loop of working, your paycheck, your paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, how is it that people... Uh, that have the same time as me have a lot more money than me. And, you know, you have, hear about all these rags to riches stories. It's like, why can't, like, like why I, I'm working so hard. I can't work any harder than this. How, why is it that I'm not there? And that's where you have to start thinking out of the box. You have to start thinking differently. And that's where I started learning about, Hey, you've got to first, when you work one fundamental lesson, work to learn, not for money. I think that, when I stopped chasing money and I started helping others, solving problems, and really doing something that I love, that 
was a fundamental change. Yeah. But you know, I can say it easily now, and it really took a lot of work. It took a lot of hard work, and it took a lot of sacrifice and risks, and it was a lot of trial and error. You know, I start, I invested in a lot of business, lost a lot of money in a lot of businesses, and um, until I finally got it right. <laughs> it's an education, right? When you lose money, when you uh, fail, but it's not really failure as long as you don't give up. Yeah, it costs as much as a grad school does. <laughs> yeah, right, no, for sure. Um, so you have two young boys, right, uh, that growing up quick, obviously, but like, what do you tell them, right? What, what, what are you thinking about when they get older? Because they're young right now, but uh, from the lessons you've learned, or what advice would you give yourself, uh, the younger version of yourself, where you've come this far, you've learned a lot of things and seen you know, successes and failures, but um, I mean, I, I know part of the answer to that just because we've had a lot of conversations, but yeah, what, you know, what advice would you give to them and to yourself? Yeah, so uh, I've, uh, my two sons, Remy and Enzo, they're my world, and um, I have a great time with them. Uh, they're I consider I, we're more than uh, a parent father a father son relationship. I think we're we're really good friends, and I want to kind of nurture that type of relationship in that way as as they grow um, and as we grow together. Uh, but you know, there's so many things that I teach him constantly. I think one fundamental thing is that I would like for them to lead their decisions based off of love, joy, and compassion. I think that um, too, much, too often uh, people, in, including myself, I still catch myself doing this, we make decisions and they're led by fear, anger, frustration, worry, sadness, you know, and, and all these things, you know, they just, they, they if, it turns into a vicious cycle that just never ends and, or, or may, maybe doesn't end, but it just continue, it perpetuates maybe bad decisions. And if you could just lead with that love, compassion, and joy, I think your decisions are guided by a better path. Yeah. And this is in a spiritual sense that, you know, you're not treating the symptom you know, you're actually solving the problem and you're guiding your, so you really can't make any mistakes. <laughs> or if you do make a mistake, it's like, well, is it really a mistake or, you know, is it good? Is it bad? I don't know yet. Right. 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 And, and I mean, that's very wise. And also from the perspective of it's like having an outcome or a desired outcome, right? That if you do it from a perspective of love, then you're not really expecting an outcome. You're doing it because that's what you feel is the right thing to do. Now, where did that change for you? Or, you know, because it wasn't always like this, right? right? And and you've been through some some challenging moments, and that's kind of at the time that we had met. It was, uh, you know, you're going through some things just like everybody else. But yeah, how have you overcome those difficult moments to be at this place where you can talk so eloquently about, you know, love and relationships and just doing things out of, from from that perspective? No, that's a, that's very true. We did meet at uh, what I would say is one of the worst moments in my life. And I had just gotten out of a, a very uh, long relationship. And um, in the process of um, rebranding, for lack of a better <laughs> word, uh, you know, I had to kind of re heal. I had to heal and I had to rediscover myself. And I'm, I'm still healing. But I think that um, sometimes we postpone things. You know, it's if things don't drive you, you, you may be hurt, you may be going through depression, sadness, you may hate your job, you may have difficulties with your partner, 
business might not be as good as you have it. You may look around and, you know, you get on social media and you're like, oh, these people are having so much fun. I wish I, you know, and then you look at yourself and you feel bad about yourself. These are all symptoms, right, that we all experience. And as time passes, then they grow on each other. But they're, they're like seeds. And when you plant a seed, it grows. And, you know, you keep planting all these seeds. And before you know it, you have all these trees growing and these, what was a little seed now is like a massive you know, problem, right? Right. And so that's kind of what happened with me over time. And it got so bad that I really needed to kind of get, I, I needed a shakeup. And that shakeup, uh, I just went all out. I, this year, uh, it was 2022. Um, I had a very, I remember I had a very big deal mid-year. Uh, and at the whole shakeup with my relationship was going on. And I knew I needed to close this deal or else I would be kind of uh, done financially. Like it would be not ruined, but it would, it would be difficult. Right. Um, so I said, I don't know what it was. It was this adrenaline rush that kind of came on me. I finished that deal, but then within weeks of it happening, it's like everything that I had been burying for months, years, who, who knows how long, kind of just came crashing. And it was debilitating. And I knew I needed to do something. So I went all out and I got a therapist. I got a psychiatrist. I, you know, talked to close family, close friends. Um, I had a very good support group. And I really, and I, I, I say this calmly now, but it, in the process, it was so difficult. It's difficult to, to tell your good friends or your family your problems. It's difficult to, you know, it, it takes courage to be vulnerable. And that, I think, was uh, fundamental in the healing process. It's like accepting that, hey, you're here, you're in this position, and communicating to who? To the people that you trust and love the most, right? And then from there, they kind of guided me. And I also went to Mexico Mm -hmm. twice. (laughs) Did uh, the thermal baths down there, and um, I had a a two-and-a-half-hour confession with a priest from Chihuahua that flew down to uh, Michoacan. My mother made that happen, I think. Wow. <laughs> um, it, was, it, was, it was a consultation, a confession, and a prayer all at the same time. And uh, one of the things that I left, uh, kind of the theme of that um, session was uh, libre, sano, y bendecido, which is free, healthy, and blessed. And that's kind of something that I've uh, kept uh, going. And, um, you know, Along with that is just getting out there. Once you start doing this, once you start taking action, um, then you know things will fall into place. And then af- after that, it's just time. And you know, here we are, Tony, mm-hmm. talking about black tie events and Viennese galas. And you know, it, it, from there, it was uh, you know, it, none of that could have been possible without that whole healing process. And I think uh, uh, you know when you're going through it, when you're suffering. Uh, one one big change is when you get sick of it, you have to really start thinking about the thought. Like, what are you putting into your head? What's coming out of your head? And, you know, how, how, what environments are you surrounding yourself? You know, you have to remove the toxic environments. You have to bring the fulfilling, the, uh, the everything that's enlightening and that's helpful. Um, and then just change that seed of thought. You know, when you're sort of thinking about how bad things are, it's like, okay, well, what do I need to do? I need to work out. I need to eat better. And I need to do this every day, you know. Um, 
And sure, there are days where you're not going to be, you're not going to do that. So forgive yourself. Be good to yourself. Give yourself some self-care. Um, you know, find good friends like Tony. <laughs> <laughs> and hang out at the university club. And, you know, you'll meet some great people that will really be a good arm for you in the most difficult times. Well, first of all, thank you for being vulnerable because, uh, I mean, it's, it's not common that you get that kind of vulnerability. And it's true, though. Everything you're saying is very, very true. Um, and also just from the other side of it that we can identify with is, especially in our culture, is just very, you know, machismo, a lot of that, right? Machista. And that um, um, seems like something that just, that, that wouldn't, if you had that, you, you couldn't be here, right? If you, if you took on that mentality, um, would you say that's something you had to overcome or was it something that you were just open to because, you know, one, you're focused on your your success or, or you know, your well-being more than your success, but your well-being. Um, but also from just being a little more pragmatic, right, of looking at things objectively versus from this place of maybe a little more egocentric or from an emotional standpoint, right? How were you able to do that where I would say most people don't have that ability? <laughs> Yes, the Mexican machismo, the, uh, yeah. the, uh, that was, a, I think I just had made enough mistakes to get tired of it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I had really good people around me that spoke truth to me rather than, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll be in a group and, and whether it's friends or family and out of fear, uh, they're, they're not transparent. They're not clear. Uh, because they fear that they may hurt your feelings or trigger or set you off. You know, and, and I'm sure we've all been in this situation. We've all done it. We've, well, probably there's, we've been in the room where people have, you know, done that to us. And it's not, it's like a white lie, mm-hmm. you know. And when you let it slide, when you let it pass, then, you know, you're creating this person that, that maybe is not true to themselves, you know. And so when I took the blinders off and I realized, hey, this is really just, self-serving. It's just me, you know, and, and, and I'm doing, and it's not, uh, this machismo, this whole idea of, you know, the ego, um, it's harmful instead of helpful. And when I started taking that approach of, you know, thinking of others, thinking of, um, those guiding lights, the love, the joy and compassion, you know, then that kind of removes the ego naturally. So, uh, you know, when I'm talking to people, I'm more, you know, whether it's in different circles, men, women, you know, from different backgrounds, doesn't matter. Uh, I, I keep an open mind. And rather than, you know, be quick to judge or, you know, even make a, a witty joke at, the, at someone's expense, um, you know, I kind of eliminated that. Um, that doesn't serve... Uh, anyone, it, it's it's only there to harm and grow the ego, and uh, it, it's just it, it's I've tried to remove that uh, from my life, and over time, that's kind of where the machismo has gone. And and I've actually I think I've defined it in a different way. There is a saying in a in a very famous Mexican um, song that. Uh, They'll say Jalisco no te rajes, <laughs> yeah. right? And uh, no te rajes means kind of like uh, don't give up or you know don't bend, uh, don't bend the knee. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and I think it's kind of taken um, out of context. One would think like if you're at a bar, let's say, and everybody's taking shots, and you're like, oh, you know, I, 
I want to take, I, I've taken enough and I don't want to drink anymore. But if somebody's like, oh, come on, you know, don't, don't back out now. Then you'll say, you know, they'll say, no te rajes. Uh, well, that means, you know, you're, you're going to, you're basically peer pressured into right, taking right, that right, shot. Right. But if you don't want to take it, well, you're just, uh, quien se está rajando eres tú, as we'll say, right? Like, are you, you're letting yourself go. Right, right. You know, at the expense of the ego. Right. Right. And so the I think the the truer definition is be true to yourself, yep. you know, and, and, and to your values, right? To, to, to your values. Absolutely. So, you know, and on that, again, all, all good stuff. And I'm, an, I, I'm a, a witness to, to exactly that, that, you know, you the reason that we connected is just it's good vibes. Right. And, and you do you are true to that, even, you know, to where it's made me look at myself and go, hey, I, I could even uh, be nicer a little bit or less judgmental because you do catch yourself in, in, in those situations. So, you know, I want to thank you for your friendship, but also for being able to be so vulnerable and share your story and come back and doing this. And I'm very much looking forward to having you hosting and seeing which, uh, which guests you bring in. Oh, thank you, Tony. Really appreciate it. And you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, great vibes all around. Uh, I actually got that from the Dalai Lama. <laughs> Dalai Lama says, be good whenever possible. It is always possible, Tony. <laughs> it really is. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Hey, thank you.